Welcome to the Forging Honor Podcast. I'm Jonathan George. And I'm Benjamin Jones. Here at The Forge, we explore what it means to live as Christian men. Along the way, we'll be doing weekly challenges to build character through action. We are by no means experts, just two young Christian men trying to make sense of a wild world. That's right. We're doing our best to learn and hope you'll join us on the journey. And if you want to get directly involved, go to forginghonor.com to find information on how to join our community. This is episode 12, Breakfast. All right, let's jump into it. Uh, so this is our 12th episode, Breakfast. I guess that was literally just said in the intro, but, you know. I, it bears it repeating. repeating. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, as a reminder, challenges last for 10 days. They are simple daily tasks to grow us as men. Uh, this previous challenge uh, was divided into its two separate weeks. So the first week was research fasting on each day uh, in some method, whether it's using scripture or articles or research you find. And then the second week was to put a plan into action and follow it. So I did five of the total of the 10 days, and Banjo did seven of the total of the 10 days. So Banjo, how did you break that down? Um, what were on which weeks and, and et cetera? Tell us about it. Yeah. Uh, well, before I do that, I feel like it's worth noting, not to break the, uh, the frame of illusion of the podcast, but this is going to come out a day late anyway, so I feel like it's worth fair, fair. For, worth pointing out. Uh, but you, you guys who are listening to us cannot, cannot hear it, but you're dealing with two snazzily dressed, uh, podcast hosts today. We're recording on, normally we record on, on Saturday morning, but due to some audio issues, we've, we've reconvened, we've, we've reset and you're catching us on, on Sunday evening, both still wearing, uh, our, our Sunday best. Uh, with our with our whiskey glasses in hand, so I'm I'm a, across the table from a very uh, a very well dressed Jonathan George this this evening, and and the same goes for banjo, quite dapper. <laughs> All right, um, but in any uh, event, um, so the way that I did it, you know, we talked about doing research on one half of the of the two weeks, and then and implementing it on the second half, um, and so my research phase was was pretty slim. It really could have been a lot more. Um, but I knew JJ was going to have a lot to say about the scientific uh, kind of nutritional elements of, of this um, challenge. And I knew that I just wasn't going to be able to come up with some real compelling data or information. So I was focused more on the, on the spiritual side, reading uh, scripture and, and, and working through some passages about fasting for those couple of days. Um, and then because I didn't do so well on the research portion, I really wanted to uh, do a good job of the of the second part, um, and really make sure I did the fasting pieces. So um, I did all five days, and the way I did that was I ate a, a really big breakfast, um, and then had skipped lunch, but I had a like a fruit uh, juice smoothie kind of a thing, one of those naked drinks if you know what those are, um, and then uh, no no snacks in between breakfast and and that, and then no snacks in between lunch and dinner. Um, and then I would have a really big dinner, usually around five, five thirty, um, and then no, no food, no snacks until, until breakfast the next morning. So that was my routine. I've never done fasting before, so I, I, I felt like I should probably take it a little bit easier. Um, and as I was looking back on it, I, I probably bit off a little bit more than than I could chew. But JJ, how did you, 
how did you fare? How did you break it up? Well, I only had uh, one day of research in that first week. Uh, I definitely could have put more time into that. Um, and my my excuse to myself was I had I've researched this before and I've done fasting before, so I already knew what I wanted to do. I think I think this would have been a good opportunity to revisit some of that research. Um, but then the second week, I hit four out of the five days. Uh, I did a a version of intermittent fasting, uh, where I had a big breakfast. And then a big afternoon meal, which sort of a lunch, sort of a, a early supper, I guess a dinner, around two o'clock usually. Um, and that was my last meal for the day. So between that breakfast and that dinner, I could eat whatever I wanted theoretically. Um, that was part of the routine. And usually I, I would have something in in the mid-morning, a snack, some trail mix or a protein shake or something like that to tide me over to that lunch. Um and so the, the idea behind intermittent fasting, let me just talk about that real quick, is it's uh, eight hours a day of eating or time where you are allowed to eat and then 16 um, where you're not eating. You're only con- you can consume liquids, so coffee and, and water and that kind of thing would be allowed, uh, even potentially a light drink. Are those eight consecutive hours, JJ? Yes, eight consecutive okay. hours. So you can't divide it into like four and four. Um, and some people will go even tighter be like, oh, you only get six hours. You only get five, you know. So you can get you can get pretty intense about it if you want. Um, you don't have to. Um, this so in in uh, early college, I tried intermittent fasting for the first time. So almost four years ago, and at the time, I did it as a I'm I'm skipping breakfast. So I would skip breakfast and do a lunch and then have a later dinner, um, and that worked out well for my routine in college. Um, but I've come across some research since that I don't think that that's actually the healthiest for our bodies. Um. Skipping breakfast or? Yes. So, well, and it's, it's less about actually the skipping breakfast. Uh, some people, there, there's research out there. I, I can't quote it right now off the top of my head. Um, basically, people have different genetic dispositions. We know that, right? But um, that aside, whether or not you skip breakfast or you skip dinner, uh, I, I was focusing more in on, on the effects on my sleep and my energy. So skipping breakfast, I noticed had a ma- major effect on my energy throughout the day. Um, even if I had a big lunch, I, I was just tired and sluggish all day. So I, I had heard some research about how, well, there's a, there's a reason for that. If you have a big dinner right before going to bed, your body doesn't sleep as well. You don't get as well rested purely because you are producing extra heat as you process that, um, you're, you're, as you process that dinner right? Um, because as you, as you digest your food, it's, you're using energy, you're creating heat, etc. So you don't get as, as well rested. So then you wake up, you feel sluggish and drowsy, and then you're not giving yourself any energy right off the bat. Um, right. And so you're just dead by the time you know, your, your first meal rolls around. And then you have a massive midday meal, and then you only want to nap after that, right? Everybody's experienced that. So you're just right. sluggish all day. So it doesn't really work out. So I tried switching it, um, went the other way, wake up, big breakfast, you know, get my coffee in me. And usually you know, my wife and I, we like, we like our big breakfast. We usually start with something like biscuits and gravy, or she makes these things called a, a Dutch baby, which is basically a bunch of eggs mixed in with some like sourdough starter and maple syrup mm. and stuff. And it's delicious. Sounds amazing. Um, so we would do big, big breakfasts and then yeah, big, big snack in the middle of that morning and then a big afternoon meal of some sort, um, and my energy was much higher. Now, I mm. would get tired a lot earlier in the day. So I would start yeah. getting drowsy closer to 8, 
then then you know previously I, I wouldn't start getting tired till almost 10 o'clock so that i did have that effect but i would rather be tired in the evening right than in right, the morning when you're going when to, to bed work. so yeah, I, that, that makes sense. that was really good at any rate that's what i did um i felt like it was it was good and healthy i think I have to be careful because if I'm doing any kind of work working out, it's very easy for me not to eat enough in those eight hours. Right. Um, so it becomes hard to get enough uh, caloric intake. I don't know. What, what was your, did you notice energy benefits or, or mental detriments, anything like that? Well, the thing I noticed is I, um, well, going into it, I was actually, I realized on, on the sun last Sunday that I was really nervous to start this challenge, uh, which is not something that I had felt going into any challenge that we had set for ourselves um, to this point. Um, I I felt like, oh, I've, I've never skipped a meal before. Like, um, and I work- First world problems right there. I know, first, yeah, 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 yep. I'll, I'll, I'll admit to that. Um, I'll cop to that, but not having, not ever having had to do it before, I thought, man, am I really going to get bogged down at work? Am I going to be able to make it through, you know, a seven-hour day, eight-hour day, dealing with with high-energy kids uh, who aren't on a fast um, and who don't know that I'm on a fast? Um, and that was that was a real challenge of like, and am I going to snap at them? every every day like am i going to just lose my temper 33 times a day because i'm i'm hangry all the time um so i was really i was nervous about it going into it but it was it was a great i think opportunity for trusting in god and relying on him and saying well he's he's going to take care of me in this and he's going to uh walk with me through this and um and so in the mornings i would feel i would feel very energized making breakfast and I would feel very much like, oh wow, okay, I'm I'm going to be prepared for this day, and I'm going to be ready for what's ahead, and that felt really good. I really enjoyed that. Lunch was tough. Um, lunch was definitely, I was on the last last little bit of energy, last little bit of the battery, and getting that that little juice smoothie in me was was like, okay, I can I can make it. I can I can keep pushing on. And then by the time I got home, I would. I would crash pretty hard. The last last hour before dinner was the hardest because that was the most where I was like, I I would I would end up kind of turtling a little bit and being like, I don't want to hurt anybody. I'm going to shrink up as small as I can get. Um, on the better days, I was those were days where I was really spending time in scripture and and working through things and praying. Um, and on my worst days, that was when I was just watching YouTube or playing video games. So. It had it had its ups and it had its downs, um, and I I really felt like the thing I was most energized to do, which I was excited about, the, mo- the thing I was most energized to do was to read scripture every day and to put it in place of those meals. Um, which, speaking of which, JJ, I feel like we should acknowledge that there's something very ironic in what we're about in this episode. Talk, talking about our fasting when Christ explicitly says, "Do this uh, in secret." Yeah, yeah, I, I think. It's good to talk about um, kind of, I don't know, it's in the same way pastors will share, Not I'm not a pastor, pastors will share though <laughs> some experience that they've had as a means of encouragement, right? Um, and, and you see that in scripture where you've re- like, it's noted that, you know, Paul took a Nazarene vow 
And mm-hmm. that's that's put in scripture as a means of encouragement. It never it never says it's never like, well, we're gonna ignore all the good things all these people did, right? Um I think it's very important that we don't self-aggrandize and we don't uh put ourselves up as spiritual, look at us, we're fasting, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um but in the right context, it can be helpful to acknowledge this. And so as putting that into practice, you know, I didn't tell anyone other than my wife who was helping plan the meals yeah. that I was fasting. Um, so that, that was, that, that was important for me as well. And it's, it's a test of character as well. When someone offers you food or something in the evening, you're over right. at someone's house and you don't want to be insulting. And it's just like, yeah, what did you uh, did you have instances where you were at somebody's house and they I, were I was at I was at my parents' house. Um actually, I wasn't I wasn't at a friend's house ever and so that problem never came up. Um but yeah, I was at my parents' house and my mom was like, "Hey, you want some food? You know, it's it's late. You want something to eat?" I was like, "No." I I and and it came out later in conversation because they were asking about how the podcast was going. Yeah. Um, that that we were doing a fasting challenge and she put two and two together. But right. in the moment when she first asked, I was like, "Oh, no, thank you." Just flat out you gotta and not not be rude in that moment thank you i really appreciate it i'm good um yeah so not not acknowledging that and not spouting off to all my friends when i'm hanging out with them during the week that oh i'm doing a fast which is why i'm not eating this thing that everybody else is eating right um i think that's very important yeah Um, at i think i so that my hope with this is that it is helpful for anyone that is thinking about fasting here are some things that we have done and tried we didn't die You'll survive. You can do Encouraging it. Encouraging one another on to good works and exactly and doing the spiritual disciplines. Yeah, yeah. So I, on that note, though, I will say I think you got a lot more out of it as, from a spiritual discipline standpoint than I did, um, because I've I've approached fasting in the past primarily as a health pursuit, right? Um, and with. Uh, even even in this last one where I knew, oh, there's spiritual sides to it, the most I've ever really done with it as a spiritual side is, oh, if I'm feeling hungry, I should pray. Right. That's I was told that at one point. But I've never been like, like you said, oh, I can take this opportunity to read scripture because I'm not, I'm not going to sit down for 30 minutes or 45 minutes for a meal. Yeah. I can, I can take this time to read scripture. And I think that would have been better a better use of my time. Um, so that's something I want to make note of for a future future fasting is I should use that time for scripture, not just for prayer. Prayer is very good. Um, I don't mean to disparage that, but I think it turns too quickly into, Oh, I'll just a quick prayer. You know, thank you Lord for the food that you normally give me. And he's, you know, help me to acknowledge it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just kind of a quick thing without really right. thinking through. Am I really in prayer? Am I really in scripture? Yeah. And I was, I, one of the things that I was looking at and one of the pieces that most interested me um, in the research phase was looking at, how when Jesus, you know, Jesus, before he goes into his ministry, uh, goes into his, um, his, his 40 day fast in the wilderness and his temptation, um, with Satan. And I was just struck by how he, you know, he's already in this, in this humiliated state, so to speak, you know, the way we talk about it in the Westminster, um, catechism, um, the state of humiliation where he takes on human flesh, um, and, and suffers as we do. And it just struck me as he goes, he goes just this extra step um, that it doesn't seem like he has to, from our perspective of, of doing this extreme fast of um, it's not, it's not skipping one meal. It's skipping food for 40 days and 40 nights. 
um, of course, hearkening back to uh, 40, the 40 day flood and um, the 40 years wandering the wilderness. And so echoing back these, these old Testament narratives, but most interesting to me was, was the way he kept turning to scripture, especially, you know, when, you know, when Satan gives these temptations, it's, you know, his, his words that he speaks back are these old Testament passages and these, um, these words that, that are in the, in the old Testament. And, just thinking like, how, how can I make use of this? How can I make this, this word nourishing? And I was really, um, I think I surprised by how much, um, it is true that man does not live by bread alone. Um, and that this word is, is, is nourishment for our spiritual bodies. And I was really glad for the opportunity this week to, to become aware of, Oh, I'm, I'm not just a physical body. Uh, I'm not just, a a bag of bones, uh, but I get real nourishment. I get real life um, and encouragement from from Scripture um, and from these spiritual matters. Um, one passage that I I looked at probably the most was Habakkuk three uh, seventeen through nineteen, where he says, uh, "Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold." And there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on on my high places to the choir master with stringed instruments. And I just thought this is really a, a beautiful thing that Habakkuk is saying here, that even if we don't see the harvest that we expect, even if we don't see uh, the nourishment that we think we need, God is still there and he's still present. Um, and he's still giving us this life. So I don't know, that was, that was very encouraging to me this week. Did you have, I know this was less for you about, um, right. kind of those things, but were there any elements where you felt spiritually encouraged this week or physically encouraged? I'd be interested in hearing that too. Well, on the spiritual side, I think it's, it, it's always encouraging whenever I have fasted. Um, there, there's a, spiritual and 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 as part of that mental stamina that grows right because if you can survive this trial and not reach for the food that's right there on your kitchen counter um then it, it grows your strength to approach other trials i think that's true both for spiritual attacks but also just for physical pain that you're in and so that that's something i mean that's one of the reasons i started fasting in the first place um and I would use it back when I was skipping breakfasts. I would, I would, on Sunday mornings especially, I would set aside that time as I'm in this time when I have more time than ever to go get breakfast at our dining hall at at Covenant College where we both went. Because I would wake up at my normal time. I was always an early bird in college. Wake up and there's a couple hours before I have to get to worship. So I, I could go sit for a long time at breakfast, eat a lot of food. Um, but on specific days I would choose, I'm not going to do that. I will sit here instead and I'll be up waiting around. Other people go get breakfast. Well, okay. I'm going to sit here, read scripture, I guess. And so in that time, when I've set aside that time, you know, I, I end up like, that's when I first read through entire chapter or entire books of the Bible in one mm-hmm. sitting, right? especially the letters of Paul. Um, that's something I, I wish I had kept up with since graduating. I just haven't put in, put in the effort for that or honestly, since having a, a child had as much of the time or the will 
Um, That'll take a bite. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I think I think though that incorporating the the spiritual and the health benefits together that's something I really need to work on because they you can't have one without the other is what I'm realizing. Because mm-hmm. if you focus solely on the health side, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I'll focus on the health stuff. I'm going to be this, you know, really healthy guy, whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, that that means nothing. That's very clear in scripture is that you, even even the most physically fit, right? Everyone meets the same end. Everyone dies. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't care for your health. I think caring for your health is very important. You know, it's it's the what you do for your health is is of benefit to your family and your children and those around you. But what I am saying is you can't you can't have one without the other. To divorce them is to focus on the means rather than the ends of what fasting is. Yeah. And it's to misunderstand who we are as as human beings. Um I mentioned this to you before, but I've been reading a lot of uh Cern Kierkegaard uh, over the last week, I've been reading um, his book, uh, "The Sickness Unto Death," and one of the things that he's writing against—he's a—he's a Danish philosopher. If you don't know, he's a Danish Christian existentialist writing in about 1849. Um, he wrote a, a large number of books, but um, in this particular book, "Sickness Unto Death," he's writing in particular to really attack the the Christian Church in um, in his area at the time um, because they're minimizing the gospel to um, just a, a list of things that you should do to be a good person. Um, in some ways, it's it's really like um, uh, J. Gresham Machen's Christianity and Liberalism. I guess some real similarities there. Um, but one of the mistakes that the Danish church is making at the time is that um, they're, they're negating the sense of the soul. Uh, they're negating the sense of uh, who we are as, as spiritual beings. Um, and so those who go to church really are doing it because they Either they want to appear good, or they want to do the right thing, or, or this kind of this thing and that thing. And Kierkegaard says, "Well, these are these are selves without despair. Um, they are living comfortable lives, um, and they don't realize that they are that they are in despair. And so they need to realize that they are a self relating to God, that they are a self in relation to their Creator. Uh, and by being this spiritual self, they they realize." the salvation from their despair, from their sin, um, which is that they are, in a, you know, a, a, a being with an eternal soul that is, is saved by an infinite God. And in our, in our fasting, I think we become very aware of the, the disconnect kind of between our physical self and our spiritual self. Um, but we also become aware of the connection between the two. We, we, if we connect the, the deprivation we have from our material selves, you know, if we become uncomfortable um, and we seek our comfort in the spiritual, um, in Christ and in, and in his word, I think we learn how, how truly integrated we are in both mind and body and spirit, that the, the nourishment of the spirit can as, as much save us as the nourishment of food and drink in some sense, right? Um, we still need to drink water. We still Absolutely. Well, it's, it, it I really like what you're saying because it gets me thinking about, you know, Christ saying he didn't come for the rich, right? Right. He came, he came for those who needed a savior, um, the, the broken, the sick. Right. And we live in such a wealthy society Mm -hmm. that even, even those of us who are lower income 
right are, don't even can't even fathom what it means to go for days without food because we're that poor right like or we're that sick or something right. like that right and and yeah i mean the art of manliness has had several articles and podcasts on this recently essentially adding intentional stress to your life right in order to grow yourself yeah um and that's that's what exactly what you're hitting on. I, re, I really well, be, really be, like that. We live in a world that says that we equate happiness with comfort. Um, that if we live a comfortable life, then we'll live a happy life, and if we live a happy right. life, we'll live a meaningful life. That's simply not true. You know, our our happiness doesn't come from our comfort. Um, in a in a physical, tangible sense, our our happiness, uh, you know, happiness isn't necessarily something we be, we should be striving for. I think we shouldn't be striving for. Um, for happiness, but we should be understanding that, um, you know, we're, we're not going to be happy in this life. Uh, we're not going to be happy in this world. Um, we are, uh, as Peter, Peter calls us, um, first Peter, we're exiles, you know, we're strangers in this land. And I think we have to come to terms with that and be aware of, you know, whether that means we're going to fast and, and not participate in the comforts of this world, whether that's um, a fast from food or internet or technology or whatever it is, you know, we're stepping away from that comfortable life and we're stepping into that meaningful life. We're stepping into that higher calling, um, I think. And that's not to say that we have to be miserable, you know, um, and that we should pursue misery. But I think we should pursue the things that make us uncomfortable, the things that are difficult, because in finding those places of our weakness, you know, we find God's strength. Um, and in relying on our, you know, putting ourselves in situations where we can't rely upon ourselves, we have to rely on God more, um, and we have to trust Him more. Absolutely, I, I, I really like that sentiment. And, and what you were saying about happiness versus meaning really struck a chord with me. I think it's important to distinguish the two because you're exactly right. Happiness or the idea of happiness can often be very fleeting. And a meaningful life, in our case as Christians, a life pursuing God, pursuing godliness, pursuing to become more like Christ, you're not always going to be, quote unquote, comfortable and happy, right? Yeah, I might add, Peter, Peter tells us to expect suffering. You know, he says, do not be surprised, brothers, when the fiery trial comes upon you, right? There's, there's as much reason to expect that bad things is gonna ha- are going to happen to us as Christians as, as there are to expect good things, you know, more right. so. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, you see that with his the example of Peter's life. Right. Even I mean, he was martyred. And and even today in our modern or in our society, Christians are among the most despised. That wasn't the case, you know, even fifty years ago. But now we're among the most despised people in America because we're associated with all these things that the the culture has decided are are wrong or immoral. I mean Who's to say what they're basing that on? But in that there's there's philosophical arguments that could be had there. But yeah, it's it's what we look what we see the culture doing is they're chasing their own happiness and they think that means whatever self-fulfillment they can have. Right? There's yeah. there's no sense of fast like we, we talk about fasting. There's no sense of that when you go to the culture, when you go see what the culture says. It there it's all about um excess you know gluttony it's a it's a gluttony of sin is what it is yeah i was just having a conversation with somebody i was was talking about this earlier 
but um, I, I, it was about um, LGBTQ stuff, and and he said, well, Christians um, are trying to prevent people from being happy because they don't want uh, they don't want them to to love who they love, and they want them to live and die alone. Talking about people with with um, you know different sexual orientations, and and I it was an online conversation, so I, I wasn't able to say this quite the way I wanted to, but essentially what I wanted to say was, well, I think that misses the point of what it means to be Christian. You know, in, in Christianity, we don't say that, you know, some people have to give up what they love. We say that everyone has to give up what they love, right? It's, it's, right. It's, uh, it sets brother against father and I'm going to misquote it, of course, but you, you know, father against family. son. Yeah. Father against son. And, and it's setting, we had yeah, to give up you, these things that we that we love, right? Because not right. not that uh, the love itself is sinful, but when we love the wrong things, that's idolatry. And Christianity exactly. doesn't Christianity doesn't say that. Well, these people over here have a problem with idolatry, or these people over here have a problem with idolatry, um, or these people have to stop loving this thing, or these people have. It's everybody has this problem. Everybody right. has a thing that they're putting up. Everybody in has front turned of God. from God. All have been led astray. Right, and so. You know, I think that's this this misconception that 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 Christians really need to address and and to live honestly and to say we live uncom we we are called to live uncomfortable lives where we don't belong to this world and we, it, it, we don't have these things. Yeah, you. I mean, we are in this world. It's it's commonly said we are in this world and not of it to right. the higher aim of we will be truly happy. Like I don't. Right. You can't understate that. The, the the true joy of Christ dying for our sins is we will be resurrected from the dead. We will be resurrected a new heavens, a new earth, and have eternal joy and happiness in God. Like you can't, I mean, we may yeah. not fully understand it now. Like it's hard to understand how do, how do you have eternal joy in God who you've never seen, you have to have mm -hmm. faith in, right? How, it, it can be difficult to understand, especially, I mean, I, I have trouble with it on a weekly basis, just going, okay, you know, I, how, how do I stick with this thing that it doesn't seem to give, like there's no such thing as instant gratification in Christianity. Yeah. Or why can't I have this thing that I want that doesn't seem right. to hurt anyone, right? And I can't, I can't have this thing. And there's all kinds, you know, there's all kinds of different things that we can put in there and all things that we've, you know, different things that we struggle with. And, um, and I think there are some things that Christian men struggle with that other men will look at and go, why do you, you know, why struggle? You know, why, why go against that? Um, and I think we have to say, well, because what, what we give up here is rewarded in such a higher way. Um, and I don't think Christianity asks anyone to, to give up anything that is not infinitely better served in heaven, that is not infinitely right. better received in heaven. And so, right. it, you know, this isn't really a, a Yes, we deprive ourselves of things in this life, but but the aim is true happiness. The aim is true love. One hundred percent. I think that's a great place to introduce the next uh, next challenge, next topic. On to the next challenge. As a reminder, challenges last for ten days. That's Monday through Friday for two weeks. They are simple daily tasks to grow us as men. 
And um, this next challenge is going to be dealing with some of these topics we were just talking about. But instead of fasting, we get to enjoy things. Um, we're also going to be dividing this up into two weeks. Um, so to give this some background, and then we can kind of talk about it. I, my father actually sent me an article from Desiring God. I think that's John Piper's network or his blog uh, titled, Does Alcohol Still Sober You? I will put the link in uh, the show notes and in our Discord. Um, but it essentially gives five warnings against or five warnings about abuse of alcohol, specifically alcohol. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to go cut straight to the end, give you the spoiler, um, kind of what we're focusing on. Here it quotes Paul from Ephesians, uh, says, Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So the article, I would encourage everyone to read it, goes into detail about here are some warnings against abuse, and then kind of asks the reader to consider what does it mean to be filled with the spirit. So that's what we want to explore. Um, so for the first week, we are asking everyone to, on each day, take the time to read scripture, research, journal about whatever, whatever your method is, but take some time to consider um, what is something in your life that you thoroughly enjoy? And I, if you drink alcohol, even semi-regularly, I would like everyone to take at least a day or two to focus on that. Just because alcohol is one of the more uh, contentious things, I think, that, that we can deal with. But it's also one of the things I very much enjoy. Um, and I think a and lot we're of gonna spend we're going to spend a lot of time on it when we discuss what, what oh, yeah. happens. Well, I mean... I'm sitting here drinking whiskey right now. Like, as, I mean, it's, as am it's I. Not, I'm not, I'm not shy about it. Um, but there are warnings against abuse. There are health concerns. Um, there are things to be considered before partaking. And especially, are you using it to replace the spirit in your life? So that's what I want to consider for these next five days. If you're not, if you don't drink alcohol or you don't drink all that regularly, is there something else in your life? Um, might be uh, a particular type of dessert you love. It might be, um, I like, I like good tobacco, something like that. Now, yeah, you mentioned video games. Um, I, I would that's like something focus- that I that's something that I feel like is in, in that camp for me. It's a good thing that I abuse sometimes. Right. I agree that it that it falls into that category, but I want to focus on the physical things we consume rather than media. Okay, I think I think because. Scripture has a lot to say about those things, and I think I think those things, those conversations can go towards media. We focused on media already on this show a little bit, and we'll get back to it eventually. I am one hundred percent sure of that. But right now, focusing on the things in our lives that we consume absentmindedly, the things that we thoroughly enjoy, the good things that God has given us. What about like exercise? How do you mean? Well, just thinking about like you know. Um, uh, I, I, one of the things I'm thinking about is like things that we substitute our identity in, right? So I can think of, right. of for you know for some people, you know, alcohol would be one. To, you know, we lose our we lose ourselves in these things. We lose ourselves in alcohol and tobacco. You know, you name it. Uh, pick your poison. But um, one of the things I've lost myself in is running or exercise, right? Or my my physical activity. Um, just, I guess I'm just, I'm challenging the ideas of, of what we sure, participate I, in. I think that's a good conversation to have. 
but maybe a different uh, time. Maybe a different time. Right. I guess because you're thinking of consumables here. Specifically consumables, specifically the ones that we either consume absentmindedly or easily abuse, right? So exercise, you could get lost in, in it as an identity. And so there's a great conversation to have as an identity. But is it something that you can, like how many people have abused exercise to the point of destroying their family lives? I would need to stand on that. I wouldn't know. There, there are, I'm sure there are those out there. I'm sure there are those, you know, quote unquote, gym bros that have gone that far. Right. There are going to be very few and far between. The numbers of people that have destroyed their lives through alcohol abuse, gluttony, et cetera, much higher, right? Yeah. So I'm focusing on the consumables. I think the, the conversation about identity in Christ is well worth having and might be worth journaling about in this next week, um, but the focus being on consumables. And then the week after that, the second week, is um, put, put something into action. So, my, so for example, my plan is I'm going to focus on, I, you know, I, I usually have a drink, uh, maybe two-ish nights during the work week. Um, so I'm going to plan those nights and think about how can I be spiritually full before having that drink? And then a uh, similar thing, like I enjoy a good cigar about once a week and I enjoy a pipe more often than that. So I'm going to focus on that, on how can I enjoy this tobacco to the glory of God and in the fullness of his joy and be spiritually full in that. Um, and then, you know, if it's say some junk food, I'm looking like, I really look forward to frozen pizza. I happen to love frozen pizza. Um, I don't know why, but we usually have a frozen pizza or something if we're watching a movie like on a weekend. Um, so that's something I'm probably going to set aside as how can I enjoy this, this food that's really not that good for me, but God has given to me. How can I enjoy this in the fullness of his spirit to his glory? Does that make sense? Makes sense. I'm tracking. Any questions? No, no. I think it's just, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I've already uh, scheduled uh, some some hangouts with some folks. I think maybe Monday night, JJ, you and I should do an online um, a Zoom Zoom chat and smoke. Maybe next Monday. That would be and, fun. Uh, I could be down. Maybe that could be part of our because I think we want you know we wanted this to be if you if you have friends that you want to do this with you know this you know taking taking part together in some of these things. This is a great opportunity to, you know, uh, if you got guy friends who uh, you want to split a beer with or uh, you want to hang out, have a smoke with, I think this is a great opportunity to, to invite other people into what we're doing here and, and to challenge others to take seriously, um, I think, these matters of faith, even when it comes to these things that are, you know, things that we enjoy. I think we need to Absolutely. take it seriously. And and we want to do this next to the challenge about fasting because we're not about cutting everything out of, out of our lives. We think there's mm -hmm. a time and a place for fasting. We think there's a time and a place for enjoying the good things God has given us. So I want to take that into account. And understanding that, it's something I don't really fully understand. So I'm looking forward to especially the journaling segment in the first week and then getting to put into action in the second week. And I'm not saying you can't enjoy these things in this week. It's just people are <laughs> conscious of it in the second week. That's all. Yes. Yes. Sounds so good. So recap, first week research, second week, put it into action. If you can focus on alcohol, great, especially because the article has to do with alcohol. Otherwise, um, anything along the lines of consumables. Excellent. We'll see you then.
This has been the Forging Honor Podcast. Music and production is by Elliot George. For more information about what we do or to learn how to get involved, visit our website at forginghonor.com. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to like, subscribe, and give us a rating to bring others into the Forging Honor journey. On our website, you'll find information on how to do the challenges alongside us, as well as links to the many resources we mentioned in the show. And we do make a small amount from any purchases you make through our website links, so thank you in advance. Thanks for taking time with us today. We hope you'll take up the work alongside us and join us in the task of Forging Honor. We'll see you next time.